Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. So much for tuning in, friends, to the Infertility and Me podcast. It's your host, Monique Farouk. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of your day and just sharing this platform with me. And today's guest is Ms. Caitlin Towson. She is a FNTP and she specializes in helping the modern overworked woman who really wants to have it all, but is having some trouble with her diet and modifying her lifestyle. And she helps you to do so through balancing your digestion, optimizing your hormones, enhancing fertility, and helping you to ditch PMS symptoms that are like out of control. And so she is going to speak to us today about ways we can simplify our healthy lifestyle changes and just making things more attainable and doing so in a time frame that optimizes fertility as well. And you can visit Caitlin's website at Nourish by Caitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N is how you spell her name, dot com. And you can learn more about her services and what she can offer as a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. And we will be right back with Caitlin in just a moment. Thank you, friends. Okay, so we're back with Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin, for coming on the show and uh, episode. And Caitlin is going to speak to us more about nutritional health and how we can simplify, modify some areas and remind us. I know, you know, it's been the holiday season. And so we may have gotten off track a little bit. So Caitlin's going to help us with that today. So thank you again, Caitlin, so, so much for taking time out of your day and and speaking to us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Caitlin, how did your love for nutrition and, and cooking begin? That is a great question. So I have always loved cooking, um, you know, since I was a little girl. And I think I made my first batch of chocolate chip cookies and they were terrible. But I just knew I was like, you know what, I can try this again. This, you know, like this just it brings so much joy and pleasure to people. So I ended up going to the Culinary Institute of America um, in New York because I just had this passion for food. You know, I would always um, help my mom make dinners at home. She was a busy working mom. So I just, you know, always participated. It's always been part of my life. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's, uh, I love to hear when people find something that they love and they're passionate about very early in life. You know, it's very difficult when we grow older and we have influences, you know, coming from different directions, telling us what we should and shouldn't do career-wise and stuff like that. So that's, that's incredible. Now you are an FNTP. Can you tell us exactly what that is and what your training was like and how intense it may have been? At the Culinary Institute? Oh, it was like, it was like a dream. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a dream going to that college. And then, you know, so I ended up cooking in a lot of different places, but this food passion kind of took me down a health route. So going through my own journey of unexplained infertility with my husband, you know, I wanted to find more answers. And so I ended up going back to school Mm -hmm. and I became a nutritional therapist. So I went to, um, you know, the NTA program, which was wonderful. And you really just use the food as medicine approach, which I just love. So it just tied everything in together. Yeah, that, I can imagine how like all these light bulbs were going off when you were thinking about what you learned in the basics of culinary skills and then getting more niche down into how to use food as medicine. And exactly. so one of the other questions I wanted to ask you is how easy is it to 
or do you find it difficult with your clients when they thought that they were doing the right things and, but they weren't. And when they come to you, they find like, oh my gosh, like, how can we simplify modifications with our healthy eating and cooking at home so that it doesn't become too overwhelming? Cause you know, there's so much information out there on the web. And sometimes when we, I know for me getting online sometimes and trying to find the right recipes or find the right information, it's just, it's so much. It's so, so much. It can be so stressful. And so I try to take the stress out of it. And, you know, I try to bring a little bit of joy back into the whole cooking process, Okay. you know, because nowadays so many people are just like, I don't have time to cook. You know, yeah. I'm so stressed. I'm so busy with work. But in reality, you know, when I come home from work and I've had a long day, it takes me less than 15 to 20 minutes to put dinner on the table. So everybody does have time for 15 minutes, you know, to put a really good meal on the table. And, you know, I kind of, I just like to bring different elements into it to make it less stressful and more fun. So I love to turn on some good music and, you know, I always love to light a dinner candle at the table because it just slows everything down and makes it more of like, an experience instead of this rush, rush, rush that we've been doing all day long. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really good point. I find that the time goes by faster when I'm cooking, when I do have music on and, and yes. creating a whole ambiance, I guess. Yes. And I love what you said about getting your food on the table within a 15 to 30 minute period. That is like, that is like, that's like a godsend for me. And I, I believe yes. in eating that way um, for myself. Um, my husband, he comes from Bangladesh. So they like their curries, which takes a little bit more time, especially if you're eating meat with it and such. And I'm just trying to figure out a way. I've been trying to figure out a way to how to uh, simplify some of those meals where he can still get his, uh, the taste of home, you know, with the Mediterranean dishes and stuff. So I love what you said about trying to f- simplify uh, our dinner time and, and cooking and stuff. And so how do you direct people on starting um, to modify and, and simplify and clean up their diet? I guess the word too. You know, you're right that you said that it can be very complicated. So, and everybody um, is unique, you know, so, um, you know, broccoli might be amazing for one person, but it might not sit so well with another person. So it really is taking an individualized approach to things, but there are some basics that you kind of want to do across the board, especially for fertility health. Okay. Um, you know, and so a lot of people will start with, you know, an elimination diet. So they'll mm-hmm. just automatically take out the gluten, which, you know, we all love bread and, and our baked goods and all of those kinds of things. So it can be a little tricky, but there's lots of alternatives. I hate okay. to give up all of the pleasures of food and all of the fun things like coffee and alcohol and all those things we love. Um, So what I do instead is I find alternatives that are just as tasty and just as fun and make you feel like you're not missing out at all. Yeah. Especially with the, with the, with the carbs, because I feel like we crave it more in colder months. Oh yeah. Comfort food. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I definitely crave carbs more in the wintertime. Summertime is much, I feel like summertime is just so much easier to keep your diet simplified and, and light because mm-hmm. of the seasonal food. How do you feel about soups and its role in the ease of digestion? Of I think it is a great thing. Yeah. You know, in a lot of other cultures, they actually start their morning with soup. So in a lot of Asian uh, cultures, those. Yeah 
start with like a warm bowl of soup. And what do we do in America? Like a cold bowl of cereal, you know? So you know, we it is so important for our our digestion, especially in the morning to start with something warm. Mm -hmm. So if you are doing the cereal, you know, you might want to switch it out. And even in the winter, you know, it's nice and cold. So you might want to have that warm bowl of oatmeal, you know, but you don't want it to just be plain old oatmeal. You want to put lots of goodies in there that are going to bulk it up, help with your digestion. So like ground flax seeds are excellent. If you don't have any issues with nuts, you know, some toasted walnuts would be really tasty in there or pecans. And then you can add some of your berries, you know, maybe some apples for the season and a little bit of cinnamon. And with that, can with that combination, you really don't even need any sweetener. No. So, you know, you're getting your sweetness from your apples, maybe some prunes, you know, mm-hmm. that you add in there, which are just dried plums, right? right so right. we don't want to give them a bad rap. <laughs> yeah. So, and another good tip to do in the morning, especially, you know, when it's cold out, but just anytime in general is to really start your morning with a nice cup of warm water with a good squeeze of lemon and maybe like a little pinch of good sea salt in there, okay. you know, because you've been sleeping all night long, you've been fasting all night long. So your body doesn't have any hydration, it needs to be hydrated. And the lemon in the water is excellent for your digestion. So you'll realize, you know, you'll be nice and hydrated, you'll have good energy with the lemon in it. And you're gonna, you're not going to even feel the need to have that couple cups of coffee to make you go to the bathroom, right? Definitely true. I always start the bottle of water before I eat or drink anything in the morning. And sometimes before I even brush my teeth, I had read a yes. long time ago, um, uh, what was the Ayurvedic medicine that they, they teach you to drink water before brushing your teeth. And for whatever reason, it helps get your bowels moving and, and things like you were just saying. And I um, I haven't had lemon in my water in a while, but I definitely start my day with water. And especially if I'm going to drink coffee too, you know, with breakfast so or important. something like that. Yeah, I think it, 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 it makes a world of a difference too. It makes a world of a difference because I think we forget how important the gut is and its role in cleansing our body. And so do you find that a lot of people don't know how important gut is for fertility? Yes, I think that that is huge, you know, and that's one of the things that I really love to teach is that when you start with your gut health, because that is the beginning of all of our health, so many other things will improve from there. So if you have good gut health, you're going to have a stronger immune system, your hormones are going to be better balanced, your period health is going to be better overall, everything is going to stem from the gut health. So that is really the best place to start. Yeah. And how, what is the, how does the gut affect our menses? You know, it's huge. So our menstrual cycle is all based on all of our hormones. So if our hormones like estrogen, um, isn't being excreted out Mm -hmm. during the times that it needs to be, then it's going to be recycled again Mm -hmm. into the body. And then we're going to have an excess of estrogen and have that estrogen dominance which is going to cause, you know, maybe breast tenderness or a lot more moodiness, you know, that all those PMS symptoms like crying and tearfulness and bloating and all of those things, because we're not able to get those excess hormones after they've done their job, they need to be processed through the liver and excreted out of our system. So that's where the digestion really comes into play with hormones. And it's it's usually excreted through urine and bowels. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we're not having, you know, a good bowel movement every day, mm-hmm. I like to say that, you know, your daily bowel movement is really like your daily report card. 
So how are you doing? Are you having one? You know, Mm -hmm. are you, you know, is it, is it going well for you or is it not going well? Yeah. And what is the recommended um, or what is the average bowel movements we should be aiming towards? It should really be one to three a day per day. And, you know, there's actually, I know it's, it's not the um, sexiest thing to talk about, but there's actually a chart that you can look at online. It's called the Bristol chart, and it will show you, you know, what your bowel movements should really look like for optimal health. Okay. And, and so this is just a way that your body is always telling you, Hey, you know, something is, uh, something is off. Something is not right right now. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned bloating earlier, which is a really common problem here in the United States. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with oversaturation of processed food. Big time. So how can we alleviate some of those symptoms? I mean, of course, if you have like IBS or um, SIBO or something like that, that requires more invasive treatment or seeing a specialist specifically. But if we're having some bloating and things like that, what are some foods that we can eat to alleviate a lot of that? Yeah. So actually the lemon water is a really great thing. So if you can remember before each of your meals to drink um, lemon water before Mm -hmm. each of your meals, that's going to really help with the acidity in your stomach to break down everything. So think about your stomach is like this bladder and it's going to, it needs to have a very acidic environment to break down all of that food. And if the environment is not acidic, then everything is going to start to ferment and to become like, um, that's where the gases come, come up. So it's going to be gassy and bloated, bloated and things are going to either come up or they're going to go down the other way, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of the digestive upset comes from. So getting, you know, your stomach acids to be in the um, right place is, is really the best. Mm -hmm. So, and I also love to take, say, if I'm going out to somebody's house for dinner or going out to dinner um, at a restaurant, then taking some bitters before your meal is a great thing to cut down on the bloating. Mm -hmm. That makes total sense though, with the bitters and speaking about adding a lemon to our water intake. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Now that helps me a little bit with some of the bloating I have now with, right. especially Good. like when I eat cruciferous plants, you know, and I love cruciferous plants, but it causes so much bloating and my body is just not getting the gas out fast enough. So that makes total sense. I'm going to have to really pay attention to, into getting that lemon in my system or some other bitters. Yeah. That's excellent. Excellent. And the other question I wanted to ask about the menses and uh, PMS is, are there, are there some things that we can do within our diet, uh, you know, maybe two weeks before we expect our menses to start? I know for me, I like to drink um, at least a week before I I like to drink a lot of herbal teas, keeping the womb warm, you know, um, has helped me a lot. And then it's just good for you with the herbs and stuff. So how can we, what are, what are some foods that really help with the menses? Yeah. I love um, what you said about adding in the herbs. The herbal teas are really great. So what you want to kind of concentrate on is detoxing things. So your hormones are going to be flushing out, you know, like you don't want that excess estrogen. Mm -hmm. So you want to help the liver out. So you can do milk. Thistle tea is really good for the liver. Um, If you are having digestive issues like bloating, then peppermint tea is really good. Fennel tea is excellent. So you can add those things, those herbs to your meals, but then you can also sip on a nice fennel tea after dinner or a nice peppermint tea after dinner. 
and it's something to unwind with and relax, but beets are excellent. So those are a really good food to add during your luteal phase. So the week or two before your period, beets are really good at detoxing. Carrots are excellent as well. So, you know, that good extra fiber, you want a lot of fiber during that time, especially. Okay. And what kind of fibrous supplements, if someone's having, um, uh, for me, like I take a supplement every day, a very low dose, because I know fiber can have an opposite effect. If you take too much of it, when you're trying to get your body adjusted to it, I recently read, I don't know if you ever heard of the gut health doctor. Um, He just had a book come out. I have it on um, the audible book, but he was talking about increasing fiber slowly when you first start, if your body's not used to consuming the recommended dosage a day, I guess. So how can we ease into adding more diet? I mean, more fiber into our diet without overloading and becoming more bloated, you know? You know, so if you're talking about supplements to, you always want to check with your doctor, of course, beforehand, but a lot of times some digestive enzymes can be really, really good to help with that, to breaking down everything, to helping with the gas and the bloating. So those can be a really good thing just to have one of those before your meal. Okay. Okay. That's what I thought. I like, um, um, I find I like psyllium husk. It's been yes. one of the ones that I really enjoy taking. It's been really easy on the stomach and just making sure that I get enough every day, you know, yeah, I don't feel like I'm really trying to expand my plant foods and try various plants that aren't so common that we don't normally see in our everyday diet. I, I know with the Mediterranean diet, it exposes you to a lot of different plants and beans and inflammatory spices, you know, and things like that. Yeah. Diversity is key. Yeah. I mean, so many, so much of the time we get stuck in the same rut, you know, cooking the same thing over and over again. And when we can add diversity, it really helps our good um, beneficial gut bacteria. So they love it. They're like, yay, something new. It's not just, you know, chicken and pasta every single night. So it's, you know, you need to be feeding them um, really good, diverse plants and vegetables and all kinds of good things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And so what are some things or how can we get our husbands on board. And if they've been in <laughs> listening, what are some foods that they can eat to optimize sperm health and just overall health? I feel like it's, I feel like with our diet, with a lot of the diet we eat here, that's not so great uh, that men end up compromising their testosterone levels. And that's really important for sperm production. You know, um, of course, if somebody has azospermia, that's completely different. That's DNA or genes or something like that. But for those who have normal sperm counts, how can we help better those sperm and make them stronger and, and increase chances of fertility and conceiving? I love that question, you know, because sometimes men can be kind of stubborn and uh, (laughs) a little difficult to change their habits and their ways. So one thing that they might really like, which is in season now, you know, in the winter months are oysters. Mm. So oysters are really high in zinc. That's a really great alternative to help boost your zinc, which is really needed for your testosterone and for um, healthy sperm. And another thing that is high in zinc would be pumpkin seeds or anything with pumpkin. Mm. So this is the season for that. So you can, you know, and it's not just the orange pumpkin that you're thinking of. You could do different kinds of squash and things like that. All of the winter squash would be really good. So those things would definitely help with the testosterone. And another thing he might want to consider to help boost his testosterone would be to do some resistant training kinds Mm. of exercise. So, you know, some push-ups, 
lifting some weights, that's going to really help his testosterone. Excellent points. Excellent points. Because there's so many men out there who do love exercise and keeping themselves physically fit and looking good for us, you know, but then there's other women, men who are may not have always been athletic people. And so they may be naturally small or medium sized. Maybe they have a little bit of a gut and it's hard when they just, it's just not something that they've accustomed themselves to doing. I think it could be, it gets hard as we get older. If we can start doing these things before we turn 40 or 45 or 50, it just makes it better going into middle age and, and, and everything. So I don't want to leave the men out. Caitlin told you guys that zinc is key, right? Yes. With zinc is the, is a key factor in helping. Zinc is very good. And think about it, you know, oysters are an aphrodisiac. So tell, yeah. tell your men, tell your husband that, you know, oh, honey, this is going to be really good for us in multiple different ways, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so he'll enjoy that part. Yeah, my husband <laughs> likes oysters. I don't like them, but I, I know if I buy some, he'll eat them. So that's good. I'm going to keep good. my list for him. I think I did read before that zinc is supposed to be really good for their sperm health and such. So that's awesome. And then what can we do together as a couple? I guess, get on the same page, you know, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I, my husband and I eat so differently I, and because he prefers the Mediterranean diet and I love the Mediterranean diet, but I don't like eating meat every day. And there's a lot of meals, a lot of times where I just have vegetables or I'm, I'll eat fruit for dinner if I don't want anything heavy, if I had a heavy lunch and stuff. So I guess. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think, um, you know, if you can both get into the kitchen together, or if one person is doing the cooking, then the other person, you know, helps with the cleanup. And that just makes it much better teamwork overall. And I think that you have to compromise. So if you are like, I need more vegetables, like my body is craving more veggies right now and something a little bit lighter, then just say, honey, you know, we got to cut down on the meat and just have a little bit of meat or make a bigger portion of meat for himself and a smaller portion for you, you know, and just really compromise, get in there together and do it more as a team effort. Yeah. Because this is a team, you know, so much of the time on this journey, um, you know, women take all the responsibility on, and then you might want feel like you're nagging your husband to eat healthier, take your supplements or exercise, you know, and it's 50% comes from him as well. Right, right, right. That's so darn true. It's so (laughs) true. Oh my gosh. Especially about us taking on the brunt of it when it comes to fertility. I think we have like this natural innate sense that it's all on us, you know, because we carry the egg and we're going to be carrying the life. We're not seeking adoption or anything like that. But then all these things are great too, because you know, you're going to have that baby to run after that toddler. Trust me, they have a lot of energy. So (laughs) you're going to need all that you can get to run after them and to keep up with them and just moving into different stages of life, being a healthier versions of ourselves. And I remember you said earlier that you had your own experience with uh, unexplained infertility. And so that was kind of your inspiration to like niching down into exactly yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? And yes, yes, I would love to. Yes. Um, So like I said, I went to culinary school, you know, I cooked in a bunch of different restaurants. And then I ended up starting my own business with my mom, the Tides End Market, um, which is a little gourmet market. And um, my husband and I got married and we, you know, tried for a little bit of time. And then we, you know, things weren't working out. And so we went to the fertility doctor and they said, well, we're going to have to start you on Clomid. And I knew that I ovulated perfectly fine. Like I was tracking my cycles and I'm like, I don't think that I need to 
you know, start in with the drugs if I'm ovulating. Right. And so they pretty much said, you're both healthy in quotation Mm -hmm. marks. Um, Mm -hmm. you're both healthy. We can't figure out anything that's wrong with you. I did all the different tests and my husband had his semen analysis and that was fine. And then, you know, so the only option really was IUI and IVF. And those were the only options. They just did not really have the time to delve deeper and go into things, you know, really get to the root cause. Mm. So, um, so that's when I went back to school, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to get to the root cause of everything. And it uncovered so many different things. It taught me so much, which I wish we had had learned, you know, in school, um, when we were growing up, I wish we had learned how important period health is for us, Mm -hmm. how our period really is like our monthly report card, you know, and, and how important digestion is and overall health. And these things are key to your overall health. And, you know, so we just went down that road and it unearthed a lot of things about my husband as well, because he, you know, kind of had a stressful, stressful job and, you know, was a caretaker and just dealing with a lot of different things. And I mean, you just don't realize how much stress um, plays an impact on you. And so a lot of that stress was causing his thyroid to be out of whack. Mm -hmm. And so we had to really work on his thyroid, you know, getting him to have good quality sleep, um, eating, eating three square meals a day, instead of just rushing all around and skipping all your meals, you know, because it's all about nourishing your body. So if you are just rush, rush, rush all the time, super stressed, your body is going to say, Hey, you're not in a safe place. You're not in a stable place to create life and to sustain uh, a baby for nine months. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that added stress and everything really, really played a role. So we are still actually on our fertility journey, but we have just learned so many wonderful things. And I just look at it like improving your health to the utmost so that when you improve your health, you're going to have such a healthy, healthy child. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great though, that you guys have kind of like learned together along you going back to school uh, before. And he, I guess, you know, I feel like sometimes I can show you better than I can tell you in helping spouses, you know, whichever one is, is being more resistant to change especially yes. with diet, because I feel like food is, our love for food goes really deep and it becomes really an emotional, emotional thing. Um, and we have, you can sit down and have a memory while you're eating and remember when the first time you had this food or another time that you had it, I think that if we can change our relationship with it and view it as a tool to better, to living more holistically and just having stress. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it took me a long time to figure out that food is really a tool. And although we need it to survive, we don't need as much of it, you know, and, and we can work towards not overeating too. Cause I feel oh, like yeah. in America, we overeat a lot. Oh, we definitely do. When you go and you see, you know, the plate sizes at restaurants and it's so much food and you feel like you have to eat it all. It's just, it's crazy. You know, every night should not be like Thanksgiving where you have to unbutton your pants. So (laughs) yeah, it definitely moderation. Yeah. So if there's any two or three, maybe tips that you have in closing for us today, Caitlin, we can do that now. And I guess just a couple of reminders as we, you know, we work on our new year's resolutions. I know a lot of people are into that sort of thing. 
Perfect. Yeah. So I would definitely suggest starting your morning off on the right foot. So drinking that warm lemon water um, instead of first thing, you know, maybe looking at your phone and getting all stressed out because you have all these emails coming in and all these people want your attention right now. So instead, you know, have that moment to sip on, sip on something nourishing for your body and have that quiet time. And then I would also suggest, you know, just listening to what your body is saying on a daily basis. So what is your digestion saying? Because really that is the key to the first place you want to start with your health. So how is it going every single day? You know, that is your daily report card. So pay attention because your body is always, always trying to tell you what is out of balance. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Caitlin, for taking time. Welcome. And your busy schedule to talk to us about food and nutrition and just being better to ourselves and our bodies, really, because it all ties into mental health, too, I think. So I appreciate you so much. And you can give us your website and your social media handles in which we can contact you and maybe work with you. Perfect. Yeah. So you can find me online. My website is just nourishbycaitlin.com. And people can, you know, book a free consultation through that as well. So that's probably the best place to find me. And then I'm also on Instagram and Facebook um, under the same handles, Nourished by Caitlin. And I have a private group for women on the Facebook page called The Nourished Woman. Wonderful. That's a great place. And I'll have all of that in the show notes for you guys so that you can just tap and go and get connected with Caitlin. Thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Peace and blessings. If you enjoyed today's episode, friend, take a screenshot and let me know on Instagram and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. You can also reach me at infertilityandmepodcast.com with your questions, comments, and feedback.